Welcome to an Informed Life Radio on 1150 AM KKNW and streaming to CHDTV. I'm your host, Bernadette Pager. So glad to be with you here today on this beautiful September 16th, 2022. I'm here to give you some hope and some empowerment, hopefully to give you information so that you can live an informed life, make those informed decisions that you need to make. I'm going to bring on right away because I want to I want to gab a little bit before we get into the heart of it. But I want to bring on uh, Dr. Michael Gaeta, who is a perennial favorite. Um, if you're a regular listener, you know, Dr. Uh, Michael is a educator. He's a clinician. He's a naturopath. He's so inspiring. And you're one of my favorite people to bring on board to give us hope for health and healing and a bright future. Well, thanks, Bernadette. Uh, Great to be back. Uh, Always good to collaborate with you in any way possible. And uh, the feeling is mutual. One of my favorite people. So great to be Uh, here. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, you know, before we get into deep into what uh, you and I are going to discuss today, which is uh, healing modalities and stories Mm. of healing. I'm very excited about that. I'm going to have some of those stories in the next hour with our, our, my guest, Dr. Dana Flavin, um, who I did a pre-recording with. She's in Europe. Hmm. Uh, I want to say from the get-go, because I've been doing a little pre-recording lately, um, Dr. Michael, is if you hear me say, you know, or amazing, (laughs) or wow. I I love it. (laughs) I I don't realize until I go back and play something how often I say, you know, it's just. It's all right. Well, (laughs) if you hear me say, uh, yeah, 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 because I'm from New York City. I grew up there. Uh, you'll hear, yeah, 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 or sometimes my New York accent will come out sometimes, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, hey, speaking of New York, we've got yeah. exciting news. I wonder if I, I was going to pull it up. Do I have oh, it pulled up on my New York computer? news. Great. This is usually not good news coming out of New York. Well, the brilliant um, attorney, Patty Finn, have you, do you know oh, Patty Patty's Finn, great. Patricia yeah. Finn? Yep. Well, yep. she's been working on a case um uh, is it a New York City firefighter or a policeman? I apologize. Yeah. I, I meant to have it pulled up, and it's probably on one of my computers here somewhere. Sure. Because of the COVID man shot mandate, and yeah. it's been going through the court system. Shut down goes to the next court, you know, with its appeal right. system, yeah. and it it made it up to an appeal to the Supreme Court. Oh, Soda Meyer um, declined Sotomayor. to review oh. it. Oh. So then an appeal went again yeah. to another judge. Right. And I'll find it in a bit because I can't remember the name of that. Is it Clarence Thomas? Would that be that? Oh, that's, sure. that's what's jumping into my head. He's fabulous. And if I'm if I'm reading the news right, um, he's reviewing it or has reviewed it and agree, and has agreed to review the case. I believe that's where we are. Wow. And what, what is and the case? It's it's a COVID vaccine mandate in New York for mm. um, like firefighters, but in it would wow. it would expand to no nobody quote me on the details there because Bernadette's yeah. remembering off the top of her head, but this is sure, the general sure. state of things. It's yeah. very exciting wow. um, that the Supreme Court will be reviewing 
Oh, that's great. Um, this and it the basis of it because it's all available, all the case information. Yeah. It the basis of it is that you cannot mandate an emergency use product. Yes. You know, that's right. and that's right. if court reviews this and mm-hmm. says whatever it is that they say, I'm not I'm not quite sure yeah. how it plays into all the layers of court. So next Friday. Set your calendars mm-hmm. next Friday. Uh, Attorney Patty Finn will be on and she'll be explaining all the details. Oh, that's of what's great. Going on. Oh, that's fabulous. Well, that's going to be an interesting case, Bernadette, because yeah. uh, the Supreme Court uh, has not ruled very sanely in a related case, which was uh, University of Michigan students. Uh, and the, the court chose not to uphold their religious freedom in choosing a vaccine exemption to attend University of Michigan. So, um, however, um, mm. there's a, a recent, you know, uh, this wasn't a court ruling, but uh, the government ended uh, at least part uh, or in one area of the military, uh, they um, uh, rescinded or at least weakened in some way um, their uh, vaccine mandate for military service. So, you know, the tide has changed. That Michigan ruling was some time ago. And mm. now, you know, the, the evidence is just piling up. Uh, mandates are loosening more evidence of harm, more of these legal arguments, just like you said, you know, it mm-hmm. violates federal law mm-hmm. to for anybody to mandate an experimental anything like a mask or an experimental injection. And we've got a little different factor here where uh, the FDA approved version of the Pfizer BioNTech vaccine, Cormanati, I usually mispronounce it, um, that that is at least been approved. I'm not sure the state of availability because it was approved and not available. And now Mm -hmm. I think they're starting to introduce it so that that could be a workaround for them. It could be, but that doesn't forgive them from mandating an emergency use product Absolutely. up until well, yeah. that other one becomes available. That's right. That's right. Um, and, you know, I'm not sure like what that other one with the religious exemption, there's just so much about the law that I don't understand. Yeah. And, and it's something I will ask Patty about when, yep. when somebody appeals all the way to the Supreme Court, mm-hmm. um, they don't, it's not always that they're, ruling in favor of one side or the other, but they're declining right. to review the case. Right. And I guess I don't understand right. exactly what that means. If they yes. just say, we're not getting in your battle, you guys figure yeah. it out. Yes. Um, whether they decide to step in. Um, yeah. This and has happened before. Yeah. Um, it's a great question, Bernadette, because, you know, the Supreme court is petitioned to look at a lot of cases Yes. And they have some leeway as to what cases they'll choose to hear or not. Mm-hmm. And this was a huge problem, you know, uh, last year. Uh, and I forgot the details, but there was a very important case that went to the Supreme Court over vaccine choice or injection choice. And uh, they declined to, you know, they declined to hear or review the case. So they, they, yeah. they, they passed on it and decided not to, you know, engage with that matter. Uh, so, yeah, it's a great question. I don't know. Patty would know better. Yeah, you know, how that all goes. But I'm glad it got that far because yes. the courts, as Bobby Kennedy has said, you know, the courts in, you know, uh, the courts and parents are basically our last defense against tyranny, you know, right yeah. now. Yeah, exactly. Um, I wanted to share with you on that same theme before we get yeah. into our main topic here yeah, please. Um, in uh, in the state of Washington. Uh, there's something big going on and I wanted to make sure our followers oh, in Washington state know that it's happening 
um, yes. again. And that is where what happened was Governor Inslee did something called a directive. Mm -hmm. He's he's gonna he's trying to move away from emergency order. He has declared that. Um, but October 31st, most of the mandates will go away. Not all, but most of them. Because mm. um, the, right. the state of Washington is still under an emergency, state of emergency <laughs> to the governor. He's That's still absurd. ruling by proclamation yeah, and yeah. order. I know it's really ridiculous. So, um, so, but in between now and October 31st, he's scrambling in his announcement. He said, but all state employees will be required to have the COVID shot. Mm. And at first he included all boosters, mm. but we did a big um, uh, comment with a couple of attorneys and, and submitted mm -hmm. that. And there was Great. a lot of pushback from, you know, unions and employees. Great. And I, I think that Inslee realized that anybody who would get a booster right. already had the remaining employees already had the initial series Oh. Or they had filed a religious exemption and then lost their jobs, right? Mm -hmm. So I think he felt so anyway, he he amended his directive and okay. said all state employees, not all state employees, he said some particular offices, but they're just they're huh. playing with words. But um he said in his speeches, it's all state employees, but you have to look at the fine wow. print of how they're going about it through the rulemaking process, right. which is it's illegal what they're doing. So we're working oh. on a new um, comment to submit that lays out all the places where they don't have statutory mm. authority to do this. But in the meantime, um, I encourage people to go look for this yellow post here, stop state mandates. You yeah. have until September 20th to um, send them another comment about why this is wrong and should not be done. Great. So we encourage you to do that because what they are attempting to do is is really set a precedence in in the state of Washington yeah. that um, adult mandates are going to be a thing that they can come mm. from your employer. And then mm. it will be, you know, they're trying to do that creep out into the hole. For sure. Um, For sure. So kind of a test state. Yeah. yeah I mean, on one hand, you know, the, um, the states have leeway to make decisions as to what happens in that state. Mm -hmm. um, but they're going to be flying in the face of the failure of the federal OSHA, you know, uh, using OSHA, weaponizing OSHA against employee citizens uh, mm -hmm. that failed. Um, and so it's an interesting thing how this plays out. I think, honestly, I think they have, they're going to have quite an uphill battle to make that stick because yeah. it will be challenged in court. They're going to they're going to be facing you know, request for preliminary injunctions to stay the, you know, the, uh, the dictator's edicts, uh, you know, to, to pause on that while the, while the court cases are being settled. So I, I think, you know, in, in the context today, um, I think that's going to be quite difficult to make that stick. Yeah. And, you know, e even if, I mean, he's already bullied, the state into this and the people remaining, yeah. as I said, yeah. have had the two shots. If he yeah. continues to do this so that the new people coming um, on board are, are said, you know, you've got to get them or you're gone. Right. He's going to end up with a, a difficulty in finding competent employees well, and sure. healthy employees. And he's exactly. going to have such an absentee rate. In fact, if you exactly. go look That's what at happens the, in the hospitals, yeah, you go look at the flow chart for the Office of Financial Management, which are the ones right. filing the rulemaking. It's this massive 
entity. I mean, talk about government, got your fingers everywhere in this (laughs) office. And you look at the flow chart. Yeah. And you see an an awful lot of red places and it says, okay. um, You know, the office is vacant. I mean, they, you know, there's nobody filling that spot here and here and here and here. And I'm like, is that usual? Is it usual for so many spaces uh, needing to be filled? But yep. Yeah. So well, that's um, uh, thank you, Bernadette, for taking action on that thing. That's so important. And it's happening more and more that citizens are taking action, rising up, protesting, um, you know, uh, just resisting this really baseless tyranny especially in light of this, you know, explosion in injuries and deaths from these injections. And the Mm -hmm. science is ultra clear. It's nobody's opinion. The shots don't work uh, and do quite a bit of harm. There's no prevention of infection, no prevention of transmission. And now the new paper came out on hospital because all they had left was, oh, you're less likely to be hospitalized. Well, no, now, you know, the new research is clear. You're more likely to be hospitalized. If, you, if you've got that new study handy, I would love to yeah, see that. Let me see that. if I can pull it up. I was yeah. just reading it yesterday. While you look for that, I, I did. I do have another um, story I wanted to show for our paper. Great. Let's see. Is this it here? This one? Yeah, here we go. You've probably seen this one. This is about boosters oh, yeah. for college age students. And oh, yeah. I'm, not, right. I'm not sure what to make of this paper because the results seem to match our conclusions oh, it is. based on oh, yeah. this science is a and great data. Paper. This is a great but, paper. But when you look at where these individuals are and the fact that right. this was partially funded by the Wellcome Trust. Yes, right. The Gates right. Foundation partially yes, founded right. this. So what's up? But right. the, the it's a preprint. It has not been through peer reviewed yet. So we'll put it out there. But it's called COVID-19 Vaccine Boosters for Young Adults, a Risk-Benefit Assessment and Five Ethical Arguments Against Mandates at Universities. Totally. totally. And we've got here as authors of the paper, an individual from the School of Public Health from the University of Washington. Mm-hmm. Um Somebody from the Artemis Biomedical Communication LLC, the Welcome with Two L's Center. See, that's that whole right. Gates Foundation uh, yes. thing there. So it goes on and on. There's there's Johns Hopkins, Florida Department of Health. Um, some good names that we have seen individuals yep. attempt to put good um data and studies out there, like uh, Martin Macri, we've seen with some if yes. if memory serves. Um But let me just read to our listeners here the abstract here, um, the five reasons why they believe that college age kids should not get boosters. And it says, number one, there's been no formal risk benefit assessment for this age group. Number two, vaccine mandates may result in a net expected harm to young people. Yep. Number three, yeah, mandates are not proportionate. Expected harms are not outweighed by public health benefits given the modest and transient effectiveness of vaccines against transmission. Number four, U.S. mandates violate the reciprocity principle because rare serious vaccine-related harms will not be reliably compensated due to gaps in current vaccine injury schemes. And five, mandates create wider social harms. 
We consider counter arguments such as a desire for socialization and safety and show that such arguments lack scientific and or ethical support. And then finally, in the paper, they discuss relevance of their analysis for the current two-dose COVID-19 vaccine mandates in North America. Yeah. So I encourage you to, to um, you know, find the study. We'll, we'll put the link um, on Informed Choice Washington on our News and Views page um, early next week yep. to help you find the link if, if you haven't uh, found it until then. Um, so, so, you know, it's, be, it's, it's like things beginning to peek through the cracks here. We're getting some truth. For sure. Out. I was very happy to see that. Uh, yeah, I was happy to see that printed out. And that, and that paper, I like that paper. I mean, I, I, I'm as surprised as you are that it got even to this point of pre mm -hmm. of you know preprint pre pre publication. Uh, but they they're making both arguments. They said the science doesn't support it, and the ethics don't support it because you know with ethics codes and informed consent um, uh, principles always fa always favor the choice of the individual even over <laughs> the perceived good of the collective yes and that that's just a basic principle even if it's for the good of the whole you still get to decide you still get um, to decide and so i'm really glad they made that exactly right exactly. and you so know i did find this other paper well, good, good. Go ahead and share. And I want to just say that, you know, a lot of people say, oh, but 1905, yeah. the Supreme Court with Jacobson versus Massachusetts. No, not true at all. But it's not true. Yeah. That situation was so isolated. It was at time of severe outbreak of a disease, smallpox, yeah. that had a very high mortality rate. It was only during a severe outbreak wherever an individual may be. And refusal to get the shot only led to a fine. Yeah. So you put all that together, Absolutely. it does not equal mandating yes. shots all the time to keep a job, right? right? right. You know, right. 365 days a year, just because they feel like it. And and especially when you've got this gray area, it's not even gray area to us anymore. But go ahead and share. Yeah, sure, sure. So um this is um this paper uh was a uh multi-center uh, study mul multiple investigators, including you know one of our favorite guys, Peter Doshi. Oh, Peter Doshi, um, yes. Yeah, he's amazing. British Medical Journal editor, uh, BMG editor, and this is entitled uh, "Serious Adverse Events of Special Interest Following oh, mRNA yes. Vaccination in Randomized Trials." So this was a, a real, like, credible go at the evidence, and this is a very interesting. Again, this is a preprint. And, you know, that's been the standard uh, in the COVID era of science getting published preprint just because of the impaired processes of approval and people getting together and all the various things that affect it. So that, that's not unusual. Um, but this, um, this is a great paper. Uh, and so uh, here's Doshi at University of Maryland. Um, and... So I'll just give just to the uh, uh, to the punchline here. What they found was in the, well, in the first. Tell us what yeah. what data they're looking at. They were looking at the clinical trials. Is that correct? They reviewed. Yes, they were data looking at the clinical, clinical trials. trials. Yep. Okay. So they looked at. Um, uh, let's see. Yeah. So 
they looked at a, a secondary or, you know, kind of uh, after the fact analysis of serious adverse events reported in the Pfizer and Moderna trials. So this was a reanalysis of the Pfizer and Moderna uh, clinical trials on their mRNA experimental mm -hmm. vaccines. Mm -hmm. And they focused on certain potential adverse events. And basically, they, the purpose of this paper was to challenge the narrative put forth by Pfizer and Moderna that the vaccines are 95% effective, 90% effective, 94, 96% effective. And, uh, and they, you know, looked at the data sets that they could get to. And this is, and what they found was astonishing. The both Pfizer and Moderna, uh, and this is under the results section I'm reading from now. And is that showing up on the screen? Okay. Yes. Yes. Were associated with an increased risk of serious adverse events of special interest with an absolute risk increase of 10.1 and 15.1. So Moderna is, is almost universally worse in its adverse effect profile than Pfizer because it has so much more mRNA in the injection. Mm -hmm. And so the more mRNA that goes in your body, the worse it gets. And that's why we're seeing successive increased harm of the second, third, and fourth, you know, uh, injections. Mm -hmm. So Moderna is almost always shows up with a worse safety profile. So what they found was uh, an absolute risk increase, um, not relative risk, which was great. They found that there, there, the actual numbers of injuries were greater in the uh, vaccine cohort using mm -hmm. Pfizer Moderna's own data. So uh, that was, you know, pretty, pretty remarkable. And so combined, the mRNA vaccines were associated with an absolute risk increase of serious adverse events of special interest of 12.5 per 10,000. Um, and then they, they reached statistical significance with a 95% confidence interval. And the excess risk of serious adverse events surpassed the risk reduction for hospitalization. That was oh, good the because that's all they've been able to hang their hat on. First, mm -hmm. they lied and said, you won't get, and everybody lied about this from Mitchell Maddow to Fauci to Burke. You're not going to get COVID if you get the injection. That was the first lie. Then the second lie was do it for, do it for others, not for yourself, meaning you will reduce transmission of disease. That's a lie. That was disproven. So all they had left was, well, we know they don't work for, you're not, you know, you're more actually more likely to get COVID symptoms, the syndrome, if you get injected. So all they could say was, well, it'll reduce serious adverse events. And this is, you know, Fauci had to, had to resort to this after he got four shots, allegedly, uh, and still got COVID two or three times, uh, or mm -hmm. however often it was. And he said, well, you know, if I hadn't gotten those four shots, it would have been worse. Right. And so they, they were, they've been hanging their hat on the last, you know, the Alamo, all they had left was, well, less hospitalization. And here this paper comes along and says, actually, this does more harm than good. In other words, the excess risk of serious adverse events surpassed the risk reduction for hospitalization relative to the placebo group in both the Pfizer and Moderna trials using these, you know, corporate felons 
own data. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, yeah. And so that was like astounding, astounding. And you look at it, it was triple, almost triple the damage from, or, or at least the incidents from Moderna right. or Pfizer. So, and then they, and then they finally, you know, their conclusion was the excess risk of serious adverse events points to the need for formal harm benefit analyses, particularly those that are stratified according to risk of serious outcomes, such as hospitalization or death. So that's, mm -hmm. pretty, I mean, this is really, really great, you know, yeah. evidence analyzing, the, reanalyzing their own data. So I'm very happy about this. Yeah, thank you so much for that. So I'm hoping that even though we're dwelling in the beginning here on a, on a subject yeah, that's, that's annoying, it's good news. It's good news that the attorneys are not giving up. Mm. You know, they haven't. Yeah. Defeat, 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 victory, right? Yes. And these yeah. and the ethical scientists, some of them were had eyes wide open, Peter yeah. Doshi being one Peter's prior great. to COVID, but others seeing what's going on around them and realizing they had to take a bold stand to tell the truth um, and reveal some of what's going on. So yes. I, I want everybody to have hope. It takes a long time when they have such a huge network of suppression yes. that, and in fact, is I've got one more thing. And then I, I promise the last half of the show well, is all going to be. Brenda, before you move on, you said yeah. something really significant, which, which happens a lot. Uh, which was that uh, more, um, so attorneys are persevering and winning. Yes, yes. And scientists, based on data, are, are actually coming forward more to say, yes. hey, hold on, folks, we've got no benefit. We've got, we've got negative benefit. In other words, mm -hmm. the, the, the cohorts who are getting, people who are getting injected are definitely, absolutely for sure worse off than those who are uninjected mm -hmm. and this is the evidence and they're coming forth more they're yes. feeling emboldened now there's yeah. been a change in the scientific community which is coming along it's like martin luther king said the moral arc of the universe is long but it bends mm. justice Yay. Oh, I love that. And I always think, you know, when one man stands up, 50 more grow a backbone. Yes, so, yes. so just join the, the turning tide yes. um, and keep your hearts open. Keep, keep love and faith in your, in your heart, because we're, we got this baby. We're going to do this. Um, and along the lines of showing what we're up against that we can definitely overcome, but it's it's pretty big, yeah. informed people need to understand what they're looking at and where it comes mm -hmm. from. So this actually popped into my email. Are you seeing this here? This It's called Health Union, health-union.com. And right. I learned about this website from Fierce Pharma. I subscribe to Fierce Pharma. I, oh, yeah. I encourage everybody to because you get the Insiders magazine yes. um, of what's going on. But this is millions of engaged patients, proven leaders in social health. Oh, okay. hmm. So what the heck is that? Yeah, that's that's I'd well, be curious. Yeah. So this, it teaches you, so what is social health? So social health has significant implications for the future of healthcare and changing patients' lives for the better. Discover more. So what this group does, yeah. it helps you find individuals in the community to be 
social leaders of information. Hmm. In other words, it's finding doctors to pay to go to write articles, to go on social media and say, tell a little story. I saved a patient with this drug or oh, I got my vaccine. Okay. And okay. then and then if you go in depth with it, you find out that it's hiring individuals influencers it's all about influencers so right. you know so when you're seeing somebody on twitter who seems just like your average mom yeah who's maybe like me a mama bear you know on <laughs> one side of it well they got a mama bear but pushing a certain narrative huh. okay um so you've got all so here it says there there one of the explanations here it says more than eight in ten individuals will utilize the information gathered online in conversations with a healthcare provider. Oh, okay. So you know they want to go online and find it, and and you can really influence them. So this is the art and science. So hmm. what I wanted to show you because I I was just clicking around. I haven't fully explored, sure. yeah. but. Look at the sort of this 40 online health communities. Okay. So I'm like, what is this all about? So the one I had checked on, let me see, macular degeneration, myasthenia gravis, multiple sclerosis. These are some of the top uh, pharmaceutical industry sales um, diseases (laughs) and, you know, autoimmune disorders and various things, right? I was looking for, where is it? Yeah, by the way, while you're finding that... um of the t- top 10 drugs in global sales, six of them are used for autoimmune disease. Yes. Four of them are you are cancer drugs. Yeah. Um, that might have flipped a little bit. In, in 2021, the cancer drugs are there, the autoimmune drugs are there, but um, the top drug is Pfizer's COVID shot. And like oh, number right. three is okay, Moderna. Yeah, they they kind of bullied their way in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So when you click on type two diabetes, now this week right. on the FLCCC, Dr. Paul Merrick talked yeah. about the amazing journey of he cured his type two diabetes through diet, through intermittent fasting and oh, proper okay. diet. Right. Oh, but you him. go to this type two diabetes these, you know, there's this group that will help you get your messaging out there. Yes. Um, and when you go explore it, it's really interesting because, I mean, you're going to see drug ads all over the place, right? Oh, okay. And then you go to the menu and you look at, say, treatments. Right. And they pretend to sort of be fair and ethical. But then you look at, let's see. Okay, here's all the drugs for the treatments. Then they have natural treatment. And they list things. Now, they oh, give a fair... That? Fair nod to alpha lipoic acid, and it says oh, that studies that, show it may improve. Are you seeing it? No, I'm just seeing their homepage. Oh, okay. Let me let me go ahead and reshare and bring you okay. to what I'm looking at. Sure. Um, share screen and to the Chrome. There we go. Um, there we go. Okay. Sorry about that. It, it Zoom follows you, but StreamYard doesn't follow you when you go. Sure, sure. Are you seeing now alpha lipoic, uh, lipoic acid? Yes. So they list a lot of things here. And it's interesting because they play it really kind of close to the line. They'll say like there does seem to be some information that shows sure. that alpha lipoic 
folic sure. acid works. Beta glucan, they say further studies are necessary. Berberine, um, it's not been established. Chromium results um, are inconclusive. Ginseng, it should be used in with caution in patients being treated with certain drugs. Um, and some of this is like, it's true, but it, when you read this, you get the overall feeling that yep. maybe you shouldn't do the natural treatments, right? Magnesium, sure. very large doses like of magnesium yeah. are considered to be dangerous. It says yep. cinnamon. Um, and it's saying, you know, results I believe are, are inconclusive and you have to be careful with, with yeah, blood thinners sure. and, you yeah. know, garlic. Um, there's some safety right. concerns with the use of garlic they're saying. And right. okay. A lot of their, um, a lot of the things that they're saying, yeah. Um, if if you have the prior, proper diet and the right oversight doctors, such as Dr. Michael Gaeta, you could get off those drugs, and yeah. then those supplements would do the job beautifully without sure. any contraindications. So here For we sure. go. I finally got there. It only took me 36 minutes, but okay. let's talk about healing stories that are well, drug free. <laughs> and notice, and I appreciate you pointing that out, uh, Brenda, because and, and what you won't see on websites like those are the risks of the drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, and and, uh, I, and I'll just give you an example. Uh, I, I was with a friend um, taking her mom to uh, Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center in New York, uh, which I call the, the chemo shop, because the uh, board of directors overlaps pretty strongly with pharma board of directors who make chemotherapy drugs. Uh, mm-hmm. So I call it the chemo shop. But anyway, we were there. And so the oncologist comes in and, um, and uh, was, you know, t- t- talking to her and I was just sitting there listening. And, and then the, uh, the, uh, my friend's mom said, Oh, what, you know, what about um, supplements? And he said, Oh, absolutely not no supplements because they're not FDA approved and there's risk is, is a significant risk of hepatotoxicity. And then I couldn't keep my mouth shut. I'm like, um, I've been a practicing herbalist for 30 years and the toxicity of the chemotherapy drugs is far greater than literally any natural medicine. And so that, you know, kind of took him back a little bit. And so he, he kind of walked it back. He says, well, you know, there are, certain situations where you're going to be okay. And, you know, it was, it was, but it's the mindset that, Mm -hmm. you know, if you have one adverse event from an herb, it should be banned, but uh, pharmaceutical uh, adverse events are conservatively the third leading cause of death, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, You know, so it's, you know, there's just this massive double standard, um, you know, uh, related to that. But, uh, but what you said was really significant, Bernadette, in that, if you're if you're good with natural healing and our and our philosophy here at the Gate Institute uh, for Holistic Health Education and, and the Gate Clinic is nature first, drugs last. So mm-hmm. drugs aren't bad. They're, I'm not anti-drug. They're just massively overused, and there's a natural solution for at, conservatively 99% of any issue or concern or problem that a person has, which isn't immediately life-threatening, right? So that's mm-hmm. the, you know, the, the great strength of conventional medicine is, you know, trauma care, life-saving intervention, really phenomenal for that. But for everything else is really kind of failed. 
in terms of you know prevention and using more benign ways for people to recover and maintain their health. Yeah, very good. Okay, so let's I, I let's go to some healing stories. So somebody's sure. come to you. I know you can't give names and stuff, but right. somebody came to you and they've got a, a health condition. Um, Tell us about their journey. Tell us about a, a, a yeah. healing success story. Sure, sure. Uh, well, I should actually. I just got a call today uh, from a, a person who was referred to me and just wanted to talk to me about my approach. And she'll, she'll. I'll be seeing her as a new patient soon. Uh, but her story is is very instructive because I've had uh, cases like this before, which I was able to you know tell her about. Um, you know, over, you know, 32 years of practice, I, I've seen most things that you could name. And so the, the, this lady had gone to a naturopath and, and was all freaked out about her quote, high cholesterol. Oh, um, okay. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so finally the naturopath said, Oh, I think you need a statin. I'm like what the naturopath said that. And I wasn't too surprised because a lot of naturopathic training is really gone into a more reductionist, more conventional medicine approach yeah. uh, in recent years. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so what I shared with her was a, uh, was a story of a patient with a similar, you know, uh, similar concern. They came in and said, oh, my, I have high cholesterol and my doctor wants me to take a statin drug and I don't know what to do. And, I, you know, I'd, I'd like to avoid it, but is there any other alternative? And is there a way I could get better without uh, taking this drug? And I said, well, yes, there is. And, you know, this, this area of cardiovascular health and heart attacks and strokes and cardiovascular disease is, you know, it's, it's, it's personal to me because that's how my dad died of his second heart attack mm-hmm. in 2006. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I held his hand as he died in the hospital. It was really, you know, just uh, as you can imagine, you know, it was a very difficult thing mm-hmm. to go through and watch my dad go through that. Um but it strengthened in me, you know, the, the, the gold in the wound was it strengthened a resolve and a commitment in me to get really good in this area of cardiovascular health because it was too late to help my dad. But, you know, there were lots of other people I could help mm-hmm. um, directly or through my uh, students who are studying, you know, functional medicine here at the Institute. And so th- this lady came in, same thing. She said, this is, uh, uh, came in with very similar concern. Uh, I have high cholesterol, you know, do I need the drug? Are there any alternatives? And so I explained to her um, first that uh, the statin drugs have, according to the actual evidence, and a great website for our listeners here is, uh, it's called thennt.com. So the, T-H-E-N-N-T.com, which uh, NNT is a, a statistical abbreviation for number needed to treat. Now, there's how many people do you need to treat for one person to benefit? And it's a really important number because the NNT of a placebo is three. In other words, if you treat three people with, you know, classically a sugar pill or some inert substance, one of those people will show benefit from that treatment because the efficacy of a placebo is typically 30 to 40%. And so you need to exceed that to you know, demonstrate the benefits of a treatment, natural or pharmaceutical. Um, So the NNT for statin drugs at best is 67. That means 67 people have to take the drug for five years for one person to show any benefit. 
Uh, and so compare that to a placebo, which has an NNT of three, um, it's 22 times less effective, or a placebo is 22 times more effective than a statin drug. And that's in men. In women, there's no benefit at all at any age, regardless of cholesterol uh, reduction. So I explained this to her. She said, oh, I didn't know that. They just said, you know, if your cholesterol is over, um, and in some labs, the upper limit is 169, uh, not even 200, which is really absurd. Um, I said, for females, these drugs don't work. So what did we do? I said, well, the first step is we've got to do a careful history, listen to your story. You know, what if, what have you been through symptoms, you know, medical history, and then look at your lab tests and see what's going on and see if there's any missing lab tests that actually are relevant. And, uh, what I explained to her was that total cholesterol is completely meaningless as is LDL the so-called, but not actually bad cholesterol. And the only numbers that really matter are HDL, which ideally is above 60 in an adult. Um, ideal, you know, it's good to have an HDL above 60. I just got my blood work back uh, yesterday. Mm -hmm. It's a new blood work and mine was just over 60. So I was happy about that. Uh, and uh, triglycerides, which are circulating mm -hmm. fats in the blood. Mm -hmm. Ideally, it's below 100 for fasting triglycerides. So I explained this to her and she's like, great. And then we did the, we did the, uh, some additional blood tests, um, that the doctor hadn't done because they're, they've been kind of taught by, you know, the pharma approach that only cholesterol matters. There really aren't that many other important, you know, so if you look at LDL and HDL and total cholesterol, you'll know everything. I said, well, that's not really true. There are other markers that are very helpful. For example, uh, looking at cardiac C-reactive protein. Uh, which measure is a measure of vascular inflammation, which is the cause of cardiovascular disease, right? Uh, so I explained that to her, uh, that we've got to look at inflammation in your blood vessels. And there are two blood tests that do that, uh, cardiac CRP and LPA, PLA2. So we looked at those and it turned out that she actually uh, did have uh, mild inflammation in her blood vessels, which is important. Um, mm -hmm. And cholesterol is, you know, part of the repair mechanism actually to prevent, uh, bleeding damage, you know, uh, and so forth. So LDL is protective. HDL comes in to remove the excess plaque once the healing response is done in the lining of the blood vessels. So we did some blood tests, you know, long story short. Um, uh, and there were a couple of markers that were out, um, like homocysteine, cardiac CRP, for example, um, and oxidized LDL, which is a very good marker. Uh, oxidized LDL tells us if there's what we call vulnerable plaque in the arteries, meaning plaque that is not just going to narrow the artery, but actually burst and form a clot, uh, which is the cause of most heart attack and stroke. Um, so what we did uh, was I did a seven-day food diary with her, and looked at her diet, found out she had you know pretty standard American pattern, which was low fat, high sugar, um, mm. a lot of processed refined foods, <clears throat> and <throat> not you know not a lot of vegetables uh, in the diet. So we worked on that, got her walking to some extra, you know, get her into because she was kind of sedentary, desk job, and uh, she got out and took a half hour walk every day. So just get mm. outside, you know. So we got exercise, worked on her diet and then use some specific supplementation. Um, for example, uh, an organic buckwheat supplement, which is great for improving vascular health and mm -hmm. preventing blood clots, 
uh, helping to clear plaque and such from the arteries in a very natural way. Just it's literally mm-hmm. a food, buckwheat, mm-hmm. buckwheat, leaf, and seed. Um, and uh, the formula I use is called a Cyruta Plus, a C-Y-R-U-T-A, which is uh, uh, Plus. So we did that. Uh, garlic uh, is very useful cardiovascular herb for lowering uh, blood fats like triglycerides. And it does what HDL does, which is get rid of excess plaque from the arteries. Um, and I believe she did. Um, yeah, so that was that. Um, and so we, we use diet, exercise, supplementation, and also some stress management. There's a very strong relationship between autonomic, you know, sympathetic, parasympathetic balance. And most people tend to be sympathetic dominant, you know, fight, flight, or freeze. Um, and it's especially so with all the COVID lockdown nonsense mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. social isolation, you know, people are just in a very bad state many times, uh, mentally, emotionally, socially, psychologically. And, uh, and that's, you know, another driver of cardiovascular risk, certainly not as much as the, as the experimental injections where people are dropping left and right at all ages of, you know, heart attack, stroke, heart failure, blood clots, um, heart inflammation. Uh, but anyway, uh, so we use kind of a holistic approach, you know, looking at diet, lifestyle, supplementation, and very happy to report uh, that uh, within a couple of months, she was just feeling much better. Her circulation had improved. And in fact, a lot of the varicose veins she had in her legs, mm-hmm. uh, spider veins and varicose veins had actually cleared uh, about 50% within oh. about two months. That's fast. Uh, Wonderful. And that tells you that the the whole vascular system, all the blood vessels, the veins and arteries are all happier. Uh, Mm -hmm. They're stronger, they're more resilient and more flexible, and they're less pooled blood and stuck, coagulated, coagulated, but just uh, accumulated, you know, sluggish blood. So Mm -hmm. circulation better. Her energy came up a lot. Her exercise tolerance went up a lot. She was able to walk further and faster than she did before. Her energy was up. She was sleeping better. Uh, and when we, you know, looked at a new set of blood work, all of her blood markers had improved. So triglycerides came down. The inflammation in the blood vessels shown on the cardiac CRP and the uh, LPA PLA2, uh, which is a long name for an enzyme test, um, uh, everything had improved. So she was very happy that um, she felt better uh, and, you know, her blood parameters had improved and we had really addressed a lot of these risk factors that were showing up in her Mm -hmm. lifestyle and because she was, you know, a bit overweight, some belly fat, some insulin resistance, what we would call kind of a classic cardiometabolic syndrome case. And uh, she was very pleased because, you know, she was in her late 50s. And, you know, what we had probably done, you can't prove what you prevent, uh, uh, but very likely, you know, stuff that may have happened when she was in her 60s and 70s, possible, you know, adverse cardiovascular events were likely averted or at least reduced in likelihood. That is, that's so thrilling that that happened. And it does take personal commitment. Yeah. And some self-discipline. 
And I believe that this journey through COVID, a lot of people have begun to really understand why it's so important not to take the easy way out of things, but to take the difficult journey. And then once you start on it, it's, it's so empowering. Um, I, I started, I had heard about intermittent fasting a while ago, um, but it was only in the past year or so that I began experimenting with it myself. And it's interesting when I do it regularly as like a lifestyle, I feel so much better. Oh, ditto. It's, it's absolutely. Okay. I almost caught myself saying it's amazing. (laughs) I was going to try not to say that, but it is amazing. That's all right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, and what I, another thing I love is when you take the harder approach Hmm. to really the functional medicine approach to heal what's wrong. And I I like to, you know, when you get around, when you start perceiving your body as this very complex biological machine, and then if you reach for the donut, it's like putting tomato juice (laughs) in the gas tank of your car. Well, why do you expect it to run? That's not the fuel that's going to make it run. Um, You need, you know, we literally are made of of what we eat and what we're exposed to. and, And we're such complex creatures energetically in so many different ways, but the side effects of taking control of, of your health through diet and lifestyle is other areas of your health improve. (laughs) You don't, you know, so we need to start having like these inserts for, for For functional instead of having a list of possible side effects, side effect includes better sleeping patterns, (laughs) Increased sense of yes. well-being, yes. Um, able to take longer walks with your grandkids. I mean, you know, yeah. you could list all these wonderful things for that sure. that for reaching sure. for the apple instead of the donut does for you. Yeah, and it sounds simple, but it's really very powerful. It is, and that's a great point, Bernadette. That that in a holistic approach, you're not just chasing individual symptoms, which mm-hmm. tends to be in reductionist medicine the main approach. Oh, you have you know, this lab value, we're going to give you this drug, you have this disease. And it, and it doesn't look at the entire picture. And when you yeah. do that, uh, the treatment helps everything. You know, she didn't yeah. come in saying, I want to sleep better, or I want more energy. She just came in to sort out her labs. Uh, and she was amazed, you know, within two to four months, that's, that's where a lot of the magic happens initially. Mm-hmm. Um, in that two to four month frame, uh, she just, she didn't realize how unwell she was until she felt better. Uh, and this is, you know, a, a real important point. That's very inspiring. You know, we, we only got to, to one story today. I don't know that we have well, time I'll come back to do another one. <laughs> yeah. But it was really a good one because I think so many people can relate to that journey of what she was on. Um, I want to make sure we tell people about your website, but one of the things sure. I wanted to say about the whole very concerning field of naturopathy as far as how some of the training is happening and what's going on at the universities, they are turning to more and more prescription there. Some of them are embracing vaccination. It's being taught. And a lot of, a lot of this is driven because if you are a naturopath who sets yourself up for insurance and Medicare, Medicaid reimbursement, I just pulled up here at cms.gov They've got a they've got a prescribing incentive program. So yep. if people in your clinic have high cholesterol and you prescribe a statin, yep. 
you send in the information. If everybody in your clinic, a certain percentage are on statins, they give you an incentive. They give you an award. And, you know, and so long after a drug has been found out to not do all these wonderful things that its manufacturer (laughs) claimed it would do, it's still tangled in these ridiculous government incentive programs. And disentangling from that. With COVID as well. Yeah. Yeah. So tell listeners now for the next couple of minutes until we we run into the music about the Gata Institute. I'll go ahead and share screen and show everybody. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Yeah, I'll I'll bring that up. Uh, But yeah, the uh, Gata Institute for Holistic Health Education is designed to educate uh, natural health professionals and the public. Uh, about this approach, what we call nature first and drugs last. And, uh, and we offer in the Institute, um, which you have there is michaelgata.com. We offer a range of educational courses uh, on natural living, holistic health, um, and also practitioner trainings in functional medicine. Uh, so the Gata Clinic is uh, my clinical practice uh, of 32 years, um, where I use Chinese and functional medicine as an acupuncturist and dietitian, nutritionist, and herbalist. So uh, a couple of highlights we have: we just um, started. It, a new he's, court. he's playing. He's playing the music, which means unfortunately we're going to have to, Dr. Gata. If you're looking for a publication that delivers honest takes and critical insights into the issues of our day, then look no further than The Flame Paper. The Flame Paper is written for the people, by the people, who aren't afraid to challenge a mainstream narrative, be it healthcare, voter fraud, political correctness, or even the one world government. The Flame is full of timely articles, reports, and expert advice written by freedom-loving, truth-telling experts, journalists, and concerned citizens. To subscribe, go to theflameusa.com. During this unprecedented response to an infection outbreak, it has been made very clear that shutting down lives and businesses is not sustainable or repeatable. We've also learned that it's unnecessary. Treatments exist and always exist. For 99% of the population, nutrients and oxidative therapies that support the immune system and improve symptoms are always available to address viral infections. For the less than 1% who need more, Inexpensive, unpatentable drugs can be added to the nutrient therapies to improve outcomes. It's time each and every one of us empower ourselves with this knowledge. We need not ever bring our lives to a halt again. We can both save lives and retain the liberty that nourishes us body and soul. Learn more at HealthyImmunityNow.org. That's HealthyImmunityNow.org. Informed Choice Washington is a nonprofit organization that advocates for healthy immunity, medical freedom, and fully informed medical consent. The right to make medical choices without coercion is fundamental to our civil liberties and a basic principle in all human rights declarations. To learn more, tune in each Friday from 3 to 5 p.m. to an Informed Life Radio and visit the website informedchoicewa.org. It's time to take a stand for medical freedom. Go to informedchoicewa.org today we need a revolution there's only one solution i need somebody to show 
Hello and welcome back to an Informed Life Radio on 1150 AM KKNW and streaming to CHD TV. I apologize for the rough exit from the first hour here. I'm not quite sure what happened. I'm using my husband's mouse here and apparently there's some button here that will just kind of jump you right off and, and off we exited. So I apologize for that. Um, I, the, the last thing I wanted to make sure our listeners heard about was at the Gata Institute and, and that's spelled G-A-E-T-A Gata Institute. It's at michaelgata.com. Um, it, go to the courses there, uh, there's a couple of things starting up. One of them is about cancer, cancer support and prevention. A couple of others that are about to start. Um, I believe the cancer one is with IPAC-EDU, Dr. James Lyons-Weiler's wonderful <clears throat> online university that is intended to be for the people so that you can learn biology and um, and so much that you need to know in order to make informed decisions. Uh, and also Mondays with Michael. Mondays with Michael is absolutely free and it's so fantastic to sign up for that. And every Monday you can pop in. He brings in people to interview and just it's a great way to start your week. So Mondays with Michael, you can sign up to attend to attend those. So so go ahead and check that out. Now, this hour, I've got a recording of a woman I've had on before. Her name is Dr. Dana Flavin, and she is over in Germany. So I pre-recorded her because of the the time difference here. She's one of those people that is so brilliant. And and like Dr. Michael Gaeta, like Dr. Zach Bush, Dr. Henry Ely, who we call Dr. H. There's so many people that I've met that are this amazing, I was not going to say amazing again, that are a blend of brilliant with the science and the data and studies. They can think very analytically. And yet they've got this other side of them that looks deeply at the spiritual energetic connection of things. And they see that intersection, the intersection between the concrete hard science and the energy of all life. And they see how science reveals that life. And it puts them in even more awe of who we are on this planet and how precious creation is that Dr. Dana Flavin is one of those. Um, So she um, has a degree in psychology, chemistry, pharmacology. At one point she worked for uh, the FDA um, now lives in Germany. She started an organization called, let me see if I can find that the foundation for collaborative medicine and research in Connecticut. It's a nonprofit organization She's doing all sorts of a wonderful uh, healing and research. You can find her at callmed, C-O-L-L, med.org. And check out all that she has to offer. Brilliant work. And with that, um, my wonderful producer here has our video. And I'm going to go ahead and actually not video. The video didn't capture, but we've got the audio. So sit back and listen to my interview of Dr. Dana Flavin. So welcome, Dr. Flavin, to an Informed Life Radio. Well, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. It is such a pleasure to talk with you. Um, I'm going to let viewers know that before we began recording this discussion, you and I had the most amazing conversation, you know, of 
Energy Life. You want to go ahead and tell viewers what you're what you're working on, so they can anticipate, <laughs> like I did, <laughs> what's right, coming. Right. Well, I've I've fallen sort of backwards into physics. <clears throat> I was not planning to be working on physics. I've already studied four years of pharmacology, ten years of medicine, four years of nutrient biochemistry, um, naturopathic medicine, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I mean, it was like. Do I really want to do something new? <clears throat> Sorry about this. But then I found out that there was uh, something going on out there with DNA that fit with a poem I wrote years ago on structural changes. And I found out the structures carried frequencies. And I found out that frequencies can actually alter DNA. And not necessarily through the Rife machine, although Rife was very smart with his frequencies, but actually through some of the ancient frequencies from chanting and from um, uh, basically Gregorian chant and things like that, that actually had a frequency that would structure water. And that's frequency 528. So I was, I was quite surprised. It was amazing. And the more I began to look at this, and then I found out there was a material that is being used right now to grow stem cells and muscles and it activates the stem cells well i wanted to get some for for another reason and see if i could program it into an oil with um with my scalar wave machine right so i have a scalar wave machine okay cool. <laughs> so i wanted to put the frequencies in there and i ended up um calling the the scientist that's working on it and i said you know i'm actually in oncological um, uh, uh, in, in German, but you know, support. And he said, oh, that's interesting. We put it into a Petri dish with glioblastoma brain cells and they all turn to normal cells. And I said, oh, it must be a frequency. And he said, that's what we think. Wow. <laughs> and suddenly I was hung up on, not oh. by him, but by the military. I don't think they were happy that I, 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 that I guessed it, but I knew it had to be. And yeah. so I'm I'm still trying to get this material made um, so that we can go ahead and test it. I wanted yeah. to work with Luc Fontenier on this because he said you can program anything into water. And I thought, well, hell, we can program this into water. You just drink your water all day long, stop your tumor cells, do a detox, and, and we can reverse the cancers. So I haven't gotten that far yet because I need to find someone that will help assist me in getting the biochemist to do it and um, getting the material. It's not rocket science, and I don't think it's going to be that expensive, but it's one of these things that my patent lawyer said, well, it'll cost about 5000 to to make the material. But I already have a, a Rife machine here anyway and a scalar machine. So I figured, well, all we need to do is get this material made, and then we'll go ahead and test it. And Harvard is not looking at it for frequencies. Harvard and Northwestern University are only looking at it for the structure because they want to patent it. Okay, so they're smart. They want to make money. I, I could care less. I just want to heal people. To me, that's yeah. the most important thing anyway. Yeah. So I ended up in physics, and I ended up reading about physics. And um, I've written two articles on DNA, biochemistry, and physics based on what I had written in a poem back in 1980. Mm -hmm. the truth. And Professor Vitiello, the former head of physics in uh, Salerno, he says to me, Anna, there's no way you can know all this. You must be intuitive, I thought to myself, but I just see it. I just yes. understand it before yes. I even, you know, and then now the problem is I, I know it's, how it's working. I know how the DNA is oscillating, sending off frequencies, sending off scalar waves. I just need two things. One is 
all the background information in physics. And believe me, I've been reading book after book after book after book on physics, okay? I've got a couple right here. It's just, and articles, articles, articles. And I just have to finish the article because everyone wants it, but I don't want to make any mistakes. And there are certain words and phrases that you do not use. Like, you know, some things refer to electrons and other things refer to scalar waves. And I'm like, oh my God, what if I make a mistake? I <laughs> this, right? Yeah. And so I, but it's, it's when I sent my preliminary drawing to um, Professor Vitiano, he he wrote me back sending his new article and my preliminary drawing shows a vortex spinning that's actually picking up photons from the dna right and and making these scalar waves that can go to the universe it goes everywhere all right so our thoughts can go anywhere i send this to him he sends me back his article on vortexes in the heart that instantaneously connect to the brain but they don't know how and i've already got it in a diagram to show him how and I am sure that I haven't heard from him since I, I know wow. I make him nervous he probably yeah. thinks this woman unless you know it's what I'm doing right? yeah okay a, a couple of things here and I hope you don't mind me going in this direction but a lot of people have made brilliant discoveries and we lose those discoveries and we lose those individuals so right now we're going to do a little insurance policy so okay. I want you to promise me that all the things that you have discovered, you have stored in multiple places. I you copyrighted know, safe it. I, yeah, I copyrighted it. I, I had to because I thought I'm going to because I need a formula and I can't do it on my yeah, own. So I copied but then it. saved it here, email there, print, um, buried in the backyard, everywhere. Just save the information. Well, it's published. It's, it's published. published. It's all Pu published. Things can be unpublished and retracted, and anything online can be deleted and erased, as we are saying. Right. So right. that's what I'm saying. Let, let's get it e versions and buried safe deposit okay. boxes, the whole bed. Okay. And okay. I want you to now tell um, the listening audience, and this is the part that might be a little comfortable what is your state of mental health today? My state of mental health? Um, are you are you happy? Are you at all suicidal? Um, and are you in, intending um, to be living for the next 40, 50 years? And, and... well, I, I have to <laughs> I have too many lives to save. I don't I don't have time to be, be sick or dead. So <clears throat> this is where um, there is a tremendous amount of depression going on around the world, which I think is coming from um, satellites because they can send out frequencies for depression, for suicide, etc. Now, I I have found an article on so many physicians who have committed suicide, and I was supposed to be operated on by a 50-year-old neurosurgeon who was a um, a good friend and colleague of uh, an old friend of mine who who runs a uh, a foundation. He's also a physician and an oncologist, and so he suggested that this fellow operate on me. So then two days later, he sends me a note and said, um, he can't operate on you. He committed suicide. And oh, I was God. devastated. This was a 50-year-old yes. man with three children. Oh. And this is something, yeah, we're getting a lot of this, which I think has to do yeah. with a lot of the fear things coming out on the radio yes. and television. And yeah. it's like a programming thing where they're trying to tell you, oh, well, everything's over anyway, so you might as well just give up. And yeah. I've never given up. I'm I'm a cancer. We, we yeah. just hang on. Yeah, me I, too. Me too. Right. But and and I bring this up, Dr. Flavin, not because I had any thought at all that you would all in that frame of mind, but individuals who offer to the world 
an uh, inexpensive, effective treatment for cancer and other um, health issues tend to disappear. Oh, I've seen that a lot. I've seen that a lot. And I want you, yeah. And some of the best protection for you is Mm. to make sure you state to the world that I will never choose you know, I, I'm going to go kicking and screaming and and, and publishing. So, right. and I sent this information off to off to, to all over the world to colleagues Good. and Australian <laughs> colleagues everywhere because it's not about me and it's not about money. It's just about getting this done and okay. seeing how effective it is. So, I don't worry about me. I'm I'm cool. I I don't um, you know, I have no plans of leaving this planet until until my work is done. You don't, but you hit the nail on the head of you don't want to make money and this is not an expensive venture. And that's, that's where the danger lies is uh, Pfizer isn't going to make billions. (laughs) But don't panic. It's not done yet. Number one, number two, people all over the world have it. So they can all do it. I don't care. And the thing is, and to say that for my support therapies and cancer, um, that it's inexpensive, unfortunately for many, it isn't because they're buying all of these different nutrients and so Mm. on. And so yeah. that's why, you know, that's why I really would like to get the frequency to see if we can cut down on a lot of the nutrients that people need um, in order to help to balance out their body and their and the homeostasis of their, their tumor cells and put them into remission. Okay. And I know and I know it works. I mean, I've, I've been doing this since 1992. Wow, that's fantastic. And so I want to move now to, to the heart of the conversation we're going to have today. And that is some of the wonderful healing journeys that you have taken your patients on. I want to give listeners and viewers the hope of story by hearing true stories of of individuals in a situation that you guided through a healing modality and, and they recovered. So I'll let you choose. (laughs) All right. Well, I'll start back in the, in the very beginning. I mean, okay. So I was researching cancer since 1979. Right. And I wrote a 10 chapter book between 1979 and 1984. And I even went to California with Linus Pauling and Dr. Livingston and so on to see her clinic and all of that business. And I was in my ivory tower learning, which I thought, this is great. I don't, I just have to learn. I, I don't have to, I want to, I want to know everything. You know, don't I don't want to leave a stone unturned. And I thought when I die, I'll know everything. And someone said, no, Dana, when you die, you'll forget everything. And I thought, oh, my God, I have to learn it all in this life. So I started reading, reading, reading. Well, I didn't treat anyone. I didn't support anyone in any therapies um, because I figured, well, we have enough with conventional medicine. Nobody needs me. So, you know, why should I, I, Why you know, just keep on learning and learning and learning. And I was reading a between well, at the at at FDA, when I was a top toxicologist, I was reading about a thousand articles a week. And later on, when I was in medical school, I was reading between 150 and 200 articles a week. Um, because, Are you a seed reader? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it, yeah. it's like, well, yeah, I just want to get to the meat of it all. I want to understand it all. So I had this patient, and she wasn't my patient. I went to Ireland to visit a friend of mine. And she says, um, I want to introduce you to Shonda. Okay. And I'm like, okay. And this is 1992, right? And she said, she has cervical cancer that's this big, size of, a, of really of a cabbage, and no money and no insurance, and a 12 year old child. And she's 42 years of age, I think she was. And um, no electricity, basically living on the dole out in the middle of nowhere. 
And I said, well, gee, they, they could have enough with, with, you know, classical medicine. They don't need me. She said, she's not going to be treated for six months. I'll only do surgery. And by then she'll be dead. And I'm thinking, oh, God. Okay, so I actually designed a therapy for her based on all of the different nutrients, vitamins, et cetera, that I knew interfered with certain pathways in tumor cells, right? And I got her on juicing, and I, I got her electricity. I got her on NAC, cysteine, and, and so on, beta carotene, all, the whole bit, carrot juice. And um, I, I actually ended up, um, don't tell my ex-husband, but I ended up paying for over a thousand Deutschmark at the time a month to get her electricity, to get her nutrients. To I thought, well, I can't just say, oh well, too bad. I, I just I, to me that's inhumane. So I and 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 he kept asking, um, and he was a director at Roche, and he said, how come you never have any money? How come you never have any money? And I'm like, oh, it just goes. You know, we eat well and so on and so forth. So I couldn't tell him the truth. Six months later, she was cured. Six months later, a tumor that big was gone. And the, the surgeon examined her and said, there's, there's no cancer. He said, it must have been a wrong diagnosis. Well, hello. They already had the diagnosis six months earlier. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, there's nothing there. So he says, oh, well, they must have made a mistake. So, and that was a first inclination that wow. something natural could work. I so never you were, believed it. Yeah. And so you were putting, um, your, your goal really was just to keep her alive until she could get the surgery. Because at that point, you still yeah. thought that the conventional um, methods were what she needed. So you, you looked at what you'd studied so far and you understood certain nutritional uh, supplements could may, maybe you were uh, slow down um, the tumor growing pathways and support her immune system. And that's what you provided. And then you were shocked to find that it actually eliminated the tumor. Well, you know, an airplane on paper is an airplane on paper and it really isn't until it's flying in the air that you realize, Oh my God, this is an airplane. It flies. And I didn't know it until this woman after six months had no more cancer. And I thought I was, I couldn't believe it. I, I was like, wait a minute. And then I had another patient um, that um, my colleague in in, uh, in the university hospital, who was a, a surgeon, um, he operated on the man and took out a five kilo tumor on Christmas Eve. And the local pharmacist um, said to him, he should come to me. And I thought, well, let's put him on the same thing we, we, we put um, Shaunet on. So I thought, but that, nothing to lose. It'll, it'll block certain things that are in all cancers. Mm-hmm. So I I, I put him on all this stuff, and I had done a rotation in surgery with this doctor, and um, I, and and he phoned me three months later. He said to me, Dana, I'm sitting here with Hair S's CT. I operated on him three months ago on Christmas Eve. Took out a five kilo tumor. He had liver, lung, and lymph metastases, and we gave him six months to live. And now it's three months later, and there are no more metastases. He said, how did you do it? And I said, Werner, it's biochemistry. It's just biochemistry. Mm-hmm. And I was floored because it was like, wow, this is really working. So mm-hmm. as I, I, I delved more and more into, I mean, that's enough to, to, to get anybody that's also a scientist excited because it's like, oh, wow, it really works. Mm-hmm. You know, one is maybe a miracle, but two is definitely not just a miracle. And then it went on from there. And so I had patient after patient after patient. And 
I didn't put them all in the exact same thing, but I put them on variations on a theme, basically. Mm-hmm. And I sh- and they sh- they all showed improvement. And One what country the other, were you other. in? I was in Germany at the time. When I was what are the laws in Germany regarding um, treating of patients with cancer? Are there any laws around what doctors can recommend to their patients or prescribe their patients or guide well, it's not. It's not that strict in Germany in relationship to that. You can give a lot of off, off-label drugs um, that a lot of my colleagues do use. And the off-label drugs have pharmacological mechanisms of action, et cetera, et cetera. But yes. I don't... Anything that I have uh, given in the past as an off-label drug has reference after reference after yes after reference. I drive myself nuts. It took me ten years to use low-dose naltrexone because I did not have a confirmation on it. And I said, until I know how it works, I'm not going to recommend it. I don't know if it's really that necessary or not. Mm-hmm. Until I met a woman with melanoma who had been cut every year for a new tumor, mm-hmm. and she went on LDN. She was given it by a colleague of mine. And mm-hmm. and that stopped it. It stopped it. But I found out later on it raised the immune system. I sent all the information to my colleague here, and I, and I showed him how it worked. And I said, wow, this really works. And he didn't even know how it worked. He just knew it worked. Yeah. So in, in Germany, it's a little more liberal. Um, the thing is, I was not um, treating patients in the beginning. I was doing nutritional um, support. Because mm-hmm. before my medical license was finally allowed, being American and, and having to wait for a work permit, which was a problem because they, they didn't let me do it. I went ahead then and studied, did a nutritional, nutri- nutrient, um, well, uh, naturopathic license. So mm-hmm. I ended up with a naturopathic license. I already had my medical degree, but I didn't have a license. So mm-hmm. finally, they changed the laws. I got my medical license. And so what I was doing before was strictly um, nutrition, nutrients, diet, exercise, mental. I mean, and it, and it worked. It worked mm-hmm. beautifully. I didn't need the off-label drugs or any of the, of the chemicals. Um, I use them sometimes now just to speed things up. But mm-hmm. very often it's, it's not imperative. And, and the last of the Mohegans in, in reversing cancer is the mind. And this is where, this is another reason I got into physics, because I realized that those patients who want to get well, they can, they can actually start visualizing. And that's where people like Joe Dispenza come in, help people to visualize. I, I had a patient uh, call me a couple of weeks ago and she said, um, I went to Joe Dispenza for the weekend and now my breast cancer is gone. And I said, beautiful. It, it, the power of the mind is incredible. And I never, you know, I'm, I'm a very practical scientist physician. It's like, oh, we'll get rid of it. No problem. You know, I'll give this and I'll give that and we'll put this and we'll block that. And we'll, we'll do this and set them off on this pathway and raise the immune system and I'll go away. And it has. I mean, this has worked time and time and time again. But I found out that some of my patients were fighting emotionally against getting well. Mm-hmm. That blew my mind because I didn't expect that. I mean, I didn't want to see that. I didn't want to expect it either. I mean, it was like, oh, come on, we can get rid of all of this. And being very practical in, in my approach to cancer, it's a matter of, okay, let's do everything we're supposed to be doing right okay, and diet and exercise and so on. Also checking where you're sleeping, are there electromagnetic fields, are there 
um, underground uh, water pathways that might be disturbing your, your equilibrium or activating your cancer or viruses? What about the Wi-Fi? What about uh, sending towers or, you know, cell phone towers? All of these things play a role. But in some of my patients that were just blocked, I found out that many of them had traumatic childhood or lost other parents die or lost their child. I mean, really heavy-duty emotional things. And that's where Dr. Hammer in Germany said that, that cancer is often associated with emotions. And I didn't expect that. I really didn't. I just thought, oh, come on, it's a tumor. We'll yeah. detox the patient. We'll get them on exercise. We'll get them on the right food. We'll make them alkaline, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and their tumors will go away. And they did, one after the other after the other. I mean, that was enough for me to say, hey, that's cool. We'll just do this. And then all of a sudden, I'm, I had periodically patients that were fighting against their own healing. I didn't expect that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's where you really have to be almost a cheerleader to these patients to let them know, you know what? Other people have gone through this. Other people have been um, out mil- what maltreated when they were children or, or their husband left them or their son committed suicide or, or whatever. And, and the thing is, whoa, it's hard to help them to let go of that and to re-visualize. And I tell them, look, if... I said, I, I can I can get you get you well. It's not me. God will get you well, but all of these things will play a role. But then you've got a job to do to help other people. And that sometimes is enough to give people the incentive to want to get well mm-hmm. because they want to make their life worthwhile. They want to make give a purpose and a reason to having having gotten cancer. Rather than saying, Oh, I'm being punished, God's punishing me and I'm a yeah. victim and so on. They right. turn it around to say, wait a minute. I'm getting a lesson here. I'm learning something here. And it's just, it, it's overwhelming. Yeah. One lady kept, kept cancer, kept coming back and coming back, coming back. Finally, she went through, I think it was EMDR and some uh, hypnosis therapy and so on and was cured. And I mean cured after that. Nothing came back ever again. So it's it, amazing. It, it returns to the beginning of our conversation today about this new exciting area of frequencies and DNA that you're exploring, doesn't it? Because the mind thought is not just something that has no connection to the rest. And you, one, there is a guy who wrote a book about, um, I wish I can remember the name of it, um, but it's about the, oh, help me out here. Uh, uh, placebo effect, okay? Right. And, and it's, it's, it's true healing. You can truly get rid of pain and and healing with the placebo effect. And the way he um, introduces the subject of of the mind healing the body is all you have to do is think of cutting a lemon and sucking on it. If you think about that and it causes your mouth to flood with saliva, you have just experienced a thought controlling a physical response. So if you can have a thought make saliva, why can't you have a thought begin to send um, cancer cells into apoptosis and have them go away, right? Why not, right? And that's, it's so important. In fact, it's important because without that, if your thoughts are actively fighting the positive energy of the nutrients and everything else, then, you know, they're going to block the goodness 
that you've created? That's, that's why I tell them they have to visualize themselves getting well, and they have mm -hmm. to visualize also. This is where they actually did studies with prayer, and they found out that people that were prayed for, we used to, when I was a child, we had a prayer chain. When someone was sick, then one, one woman would call another woman and another woman and another friend and another friend, and everyone would pray. And it, it, it kind of blew my mind. I mean, I was just a child. I was listening and watching all this, thinking, oh, they're all crazy. But then when I, as, when I saw some of the studies that were done, that were official studies done where they had groups, people praying for people, and how that actually influenced their healing. And they had one group of people that had the same symptoms, the same diagnosis, everything the same. They were not prayed for. The other ones were prayed for. The ones who were prayed for improved and improved statistically. And I've seen it in the hospital when, when some idiot walks in and says to the patient, oh, well, you have six weeks to live. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can't do that. That's like a death sentence. And, and very often in six weeks, they're dead because they think they're going to die. And they it's like they pre-planned this. And this is where I've seen where you say, I, my, I did a, a rotten trick on my neighbor. She was about 82, and she was on sleeping pills. And so I went to the I went to the pharmacy, and I said, "I, I can you give me some placebos?" And they said, "Sure." So I gave them to her, and I said, "Oh, I got your I got your um, your sleeping pills. They, there's a new packaging." And I didn't say anything else. Now she was 82, and every day I would ask her, "How did you sleep?" Oh, I slept wonderfully. She said, I slept like a baby. It was wonderful. And I, I, every day I would just laugh to myself and think to myself, you dirty rat, you. And then about two and a half, three weeks later, she turned the package over to see it. said placebo. Wow. She flipped out. And I said, how could that pharmacy do that to you? What a stupid thing to do. They must have gotten you mixed up with somebody else. I'm like, I'm sorry, God, I'm lying through my teeth. I did it on purpose, <laughs> but it was an experiment. And by God, she slept like a baby. The placebo effect is one thing. This is really interesting. The other thing is that they did studies also on mental intention before mm -hmm. doing research. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you have, if you have the intention that this isn't going to work, it won't. And then you have another lab where they have the intention where it's going to work and it does. And they can't explain any of this. This is beyond this is beyond anything that we've ever done in physics or looked at. Because mm -hmm. this is going into um, into quantum and into actually thought processes. And then there's this guy Baxter who developed the lie detector test who actually tested his plants. He decided he was bored one day, scientists, you know, they're all nuts anyway. And he decided <laughs> that he would put electrode on his house plant and nothing happened. He said, well, it's a plant, nothing's going to happen. Then he thought to himself, he just thought, maybe I should light a match and burn a leaf. Suddenly the, the, the whole lie detector, it, it went nuts. It just went nuts. Picking up frequencies from this plant that it was panicking. Wow. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. That's a thought. That's mm -hmm. a thought. How the devil can a plant? And then he tried it on his banana and said, I'm going to eat that banana. The banana went nuts. And then he said, I want to thank you, banana. Okay, you know how we were always taught, bless your food. I want to thank you for offering yourself for my uh, well-being and my health. Okay, and then, then it went down. It just went mm, you, know, you know what I love? I love the way the more we learn, through science exploration, the more the old ways of our ancient of our ancestors are confirmed, like scientifically, 
being grateful for our food, blessing our food. And, you know, in some native cultures, they would go out hunting and they would sit peacefully and, you know, talk to the deer and say, you know, thank you for giving yourself to me. And, you know, and there was this sense of gratitude and appreciation and the deer would just walk right up. And, you know, so it's, um, you know, you hear of all these, these things along the way of what people did and now are being shown. But to me, the more the more we learn scientifically, the more it proves the absolute brilliance of creation, the more unknown that we have. You know, no, it's just I, I would say it actually throws me into absolute awe mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for God. Yes. That there's yeah. no way you can to doubt that there is not some sort of a supreme energy of wisdom out yes. there. Yes. And that we can read this in some of the in some of the old Old Testament, some of the old wisdom mm-hmm. that people knew then, you know, like take a field and let it after seven years, let it rest for a year. Why? Because it recycles all the microbiomes in the soil to mm-hmm. make the soil healthier again, etc. And these are the and the praying. I want to do a study with animals. I want to have two sets of food. Okay, both of them have both of them have glyphosates in them. Okay, yeah. right or toxins, whatever the hell you want to use. And one group is prayed over, okay, in a completely separate area or whatever, and they're getting food that's prayed over, and the other group are not. And I want to know if there's going to be a difference Mm -hmm. in the results of the toxins. Like, can we actually detox our own food through prayer? This, it structures water, I'm sure, this is blowing my mind because I'm yeah. thinking, wow, are we putting energies and, and, and positive thoughts into our food to make us healthier? Even if the food is completely GMOs and pesticides and everything mm-hmm. else. And I'm like, well, wow. I, I, that is an experiment I would love to see. And, you know, you're making me think of Dr. Zach Bush, who, you know, the wonderful triple board certified doctor who turned away from, you know, Western cancer medicine and turn more like you holistic. And it's all about, he's all about the soil biome and the human biome. Um, And he's got that product called ion and it's a carbon molecule. And I know when they've studied it, um, I'm probably not going to get the science right, but you'll get the gist of it that if they put in these cells, they put glyphosate, which is how I pronounce it, um, or gluten, which Um, harms like the integrity of the cells that opens the tight junctions. Um, But then if they add this carbon molecule restore into it, it neutralizes the damage done by the gluten and the glyphosate so that the, the cells don't lose their integrity. So what I'm wondering is a similar experiment, but instead of adding the, this product, this carbon molecule, adding prayer, and then looking in the dish and seeing if, those cells are protected um, through the process of prayer the way they are with the carbon. I was just, I would love to see that. <laughs> well, that, that carbon that you're talking about, I have a feeling that it's probably the one that's a C60 or something that, that looks like Buckminster Fuller's, um, we used to call them Bucky's Balls down at Southern Illinois University. And yeah. Buckminster Fuller was brilliant. I mean, he was brilliant. And what we're seeing in that structure, that's the structure of zeolite, by the way. 
And that's a structure mm-hmm. that's very, very interesting because of the fact that it is, um, it, it's, it's basically, um, I don't even know what you would call it, what, what kind of a hedral it is, but it, it basically has its own frequencies. And this is interesting because I'm looking at, I'm looking right now at the structures of the nucleotides in the DNA and finding that the hexagon form in the DNA is actually sending off frequencies too. Wow. And it's amazing. Yes, I know. It's like, oh my God, you're that kidding is... me. <laughs> this is bizarre. It's bizarre yeah. that when all the things I'm finding that I'm, I'm like, I feel like a little kid that just opened Pandora's box. Mm-hmm. And I said this to the journal article. Um, uh, they want my article, and I'm not done yet. I have an editor, but I, I'm, I've been rewriting it and rewriting it because I wanted to make sure that it was accurate, and the physics is really tough. And so I've been doing this and doing this and doing this, and I wrote to them, and I said, I, I feel like with this discovery, I've opened Pandora's box. I, 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 I never expected this. Mm-hmm. And it was something where it, it's what... Einstein calls spooky science. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it explains telepathy. It explains remote viewing. It explains all of the stuff that we call weird or spooky, but it yeah. exists. It mm-hmm. explains knowing something um, at the same time that someone else in the other side of the world knows at the exact same moment that you do. Yeah. Or a mother who knows that her child's in trouble and the child is thousands of miles away. Mm-hmm. You know, these are these are connections that, they, they they call it actually um, um, they've they've got a special name for it where it's 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 a quantum name um, and it is uh, I'm trying to think of the word right now I'm, I'm blanking out on this um, but they they say that they are connected they are connected and they can prove it with photons where one photon goes one way then the other photon goes a different way okay mm-hmm. and um, this is where they they um, What's the name of it? Entanglement. Yes, it's entanglement where one they, they took one photon, set it off, split it, became two photons. One was turning right and the other one turned left. When the one that was, was going right turned left, then the other one turned right. So they were interconnected even, even though, though there was no connection that we know of. Okay. Yeah, we know is, of. Right. Yeah, that's where we're finding out yeah. more and more and more. And this is where I'm looking into scalar waves and you know, work from Tesla, work from Constantine Mayo, work from a lot of these scientists mm-hmm. who were, you know, looking at this. And I remember um, accidentally or whatever going to a scalar wave meeting uh, in in Europe. Can you and, explain what scalar waves are to our viewers? Okay, yes, yeah, scalar waves are forms of, uh, you could call them forms of frequencies where they are actually, um, that this is what Tesla worked on. Scalar waves are waves uh but i think of photons but we're still arguing about it they are a special waves some call them electromagnetic waves that's what tesla was first working on and that they can go through buildings they can go through walls they can they can go they, there's no um it's quantum there's no dimension of anything they can't go through they can go to the universe they can go to every galaxy in the entire world um, they can go from me to you and me reading your mind, which I've done on people, which makes them really nervous. But this is something. <laughs> but this is something where it's kind of uncanny. I've had this since. They say if you have a head injury, you're going to do this. And I've been thrown from horses, and I've had grand mal seizures. And um, when I was 20, I was testing remote viewing, 
which is where somebody else has a thought or holding a picture and you, you tell them what it is or you draw it. Okay, there was a guy named Joe McGonagall with the military and they, they had him doing this and they hired him for the military because he could he could see what somebody else was looking at. So my, a friend of mine, we were 20 at the time, both of them, he's sitting in one side of the room and I'm on the other side of the room and he takes a card out from the, from the, playing, the deck of playing cards. Mm-hmm. And I could see whether it was red or black, and then counted one, two, three, four, five, six. Ah, okay, it's a six of, let's say, diamonds or something. And I, I could actually see it. And we did this, I think, four or five times. And then it was like, oh, well, that's easy. <laughs> and then we're driving along with some friends of his. And, and, um, um, and Michael's friend says to me, I'm thinking of a number. What is it? And I said, well, it's number one, but it's got a flag on it. I said, you draw, you draw it like this. He said, that's right. You could even see like his handwriting. <laughs> yeah, I could see the number. I, I, I mean, yeah. it's a very strange phenomenon. But the yeah. thing is, in in medicine, you know, uh, Carolyn Miss has this. It's empathic, right? And I have it with some patients, not everyone, and not all the time. But sometimes mm-hmm. I'll just know something. I just know mm-hmm. it, and and it's the, it's bizarre. And they'll look at me like, "How do you know that? How do you, how do you know that? How do you know yeah. that? Nobody knows that. Yeah. And, and it's it, sometimes it's almost uncanny. But I thought to myself, if you're a real healer, if you really love your patients, you're actually going inside of them to mm-hmm. find out what's going on in in the mind as well as in the body. Yeah. And, you know, I, I love it when somebody is just completely reversed. Um, like my first patient in 1992 with this huge cervical cancer, reversed in six months just with nutrition, nutrients, and so on. Makes mm-hmm. life easy for me, right? Yes. But this yeah. other aspect where they're blocked, and I know why, and sometimes it's so personal and they don't even know it. They blocked it. I have to send them to a hypnotist so that they can go back in because it's very dangerous and I studied um, psychology four years, neuropharmacology four years, and psychiatry two years. And one of the most dangerous things you can do to a patient if they've had a really heavy-duty trauma is to bring it up and then just let them go because then mm. they need a lot of support and a lot of emotional support so that they can work it out and then um, come to terms with it and let it go. That's it, why it, EMDR is good. It's a, it's a detoxing, just like a physical detoxing. It's emotional, yeah. energetic detoxing that, you right. know, right. You can't just let it happen and consume them. Um, and, you know, it, it, it explains, you know, throughout history, people in places of power have attempted to make the masses feel as if they had no power to, to heal, to live, to do what they needed to do, that they put, no, you, I'm the expert, I'm the ruler, you know, you ask me, you take this. And, and that power we're, we're being told is not within us, but it's out there. Right. And right now with what's been going on, it's, it's been even more exaggerated. And then with the separation of us and the closing of the churches and the, and telling everybody, I mean, we actually had the United States, the head of the United States CDC, Rochelle Walensky, say before a global audience, I'm very afraid. I'm very afraid of COVID. But 
we've got three shots that can save your life, right? So since when does a power, a person in position of power tell the masses, I'm afraid, you be afraid, but here, I'm your hero, I'm bringing you three experimental jabs, and that's what's going to save you, right? So what you're, all of the work that you do shows that everything that we need for health and healing comes from initially from creation and we are part of that creation. We are part of that energetic equation and we have the power within ourselves to heal. We don't need that other. There might be times when, you know, if it's done properly and respectfully, some of these things that are invented in labs may be needed or helpful, but if but that's not where health and healing comes from. This is very exciting. I, I just, I love the work that you do. I love, the love the way you think. I love the way, Dr. Flavin, you get so excited when you like kind of get to the next layer and the next layer. It's, it's like an onion. And I, 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 can, I can tell you, my daughter said, I said to my daughter, Courtney, do you ever want to be a doctor, a physician like I am? And she said, no, mom, you work too hard. And I said, but Courtney, I am rewarded so much mm-hmm. that even though all donations go to the foundation and nothing to me, they pay for the research, they pay for publications, and I get to save lives. Yeah. I mean, you, you can't ask for anything better. I get to save lives. Yeah. And this oh, is where healing, you can, you can, I think, and I had this discussion also with um, Dolores Cahill from Ireland, and mm-hmm. I said, you know, Dolores, because she's also, she's also a, a professor, and I said, you know, Dolores, I think that our DNA can heal itself. And even if we've had it damaged and all this other stuff, I think that we can go above that and heal ourselves. And I said, I am seeing this in transmutation. And most people didn't realize about transmutation, that you can actually mutate. If something is abnormal, you can mutate back to, to, to normal. Mm-hmm. And we also know that, that when some of these people that have been injected with this medical experiment, that if it's not cooled, the mRNA falls apart. And that's why a lot of people ended up with placebos because it didn't work anymore, which I think is great because we don't need it. We, we had too many medications that were you know, available that were natural bacterial medications that were patented, found, helpful, raised our entire immune system and um, you know, fought whatever the heck it was that was, was made um, by some of these people that are working in bioweapons, etc. But the thing is, it's a very interesting point. And you can see this also. You can see it in people that have been, that are so believing that they will not become ill, that they do not become ill. Mm. And I've seen this in like religious ceremonies and so on, where, where people let themselves be bitten by snakes that are poisonous and, and they don't get sick. And I'm like, wow, this is really weird. And it's the power of the mind that I can actually do it. And I've also seen um, at church services where they said, oh, we've driven out the demon and the patient didn't have any cancer anymore. And I'm like, wow. And it's it's the power of the mind to heal yourself. Yeah. And this is something I never expected. I just, and they also, they did a study in the, in the early 1900s or late 1800s where they fed chickens um, calcium-free food. Okay, so they expected the eggs wouldn't have anything hard on them. 
And then the eggs came out with hard shells and they couldn't figure it out. And they found out that finally that potassium, I think it was potassium, was actually transmutating over the calcium because the animal needed the calcium. And we've seen the same things in wheat. And, and I'm like, wow, God had this all planned long before we ever thought about this stuff, before we even had CRISPR yeah. and all the rest of this junk floating around. Yeah. Right? Couldn't call yeah. it junk. It's excellent research, but it's, yeah. you know, not, not mine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and this is, this is where the, the, the ability of the mind and the concentration of the mind. But see, this is why if you want to sell something, okay, if you want, and you see this in marketing all the time, you create a problem, you let the people think they have this problem. Mm-hmm. You 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 make them frightened because once you're frightened, then your um, um, cerebellum is activated in your frontal lobe where you're supposed to have logic is like, you know, wiped out. And so all this fear is running around. Oh, my God, I'm going to get this. I'm going to get that. I'm going to get this. And so, on and so, forth. And so because of this fear factor, um, people are acting totally irrationally mm-hmm. and they are allowing themselves to be convinced, whatever it is, whether it's, you know, buy drug X or. Um, you know, uh, do this particular thing, and this was going to, you know, our new whatever it is, radar, such and such, or yeah. flashlight, or whatever. It's going to cure you. But yeah. the people think it's going to cure them, and it, it, and it might, even if and, it doesn't work. Right, and we know that that's the state of science today. Um, is there's in the scientific literature, they begin to drum up business even before they have the product. Oh, there we go. There's our. Um, our, our time limit here. Um, but, but then the science follows and the product follows. And, you know, the beauty of COVID is a lot of this corruption of the science has been exposed of how it works, how it's feeding the industry rather than truly leading toward health and healing as we need. Um, and so I'm going to, um, we need to wrap things up here, but let's tell viewers where they can read more about you. And if they want to support this amazing work you're doing, where they can give donations, I believe it's at your website, callmed.org, C-O-L-L-M-E-D.org. So callmed.org. And we also have a lot of blogs on there too, that are very helpful. I've been able to reverse AIDS um, back to HIV positive, but no more AIDS and no more lymphocyte destruction. And there's a lot of information on there. But I would say that the the tip that I would like to leave everyone with is go back to the future and start looking at the natural herbs and the natural, natural things that people did in the past onions increase glutathione in the lungs okay garlic is is antibacterial and and um oregano is antifungal there's so much out there in nature and hippocrates said it too it's our our medicine is our food and food is our medicine yes that's where we're at That's that's where we have to go back to the future Exactly. And that's empowering for each and every individual to care for yourself and your family and do it all with that positive intention and the gratitude to the whatever created this amazing um, planet that we're on and, and the complex systems that make life. It's very exciting. Dr. Flavin, thank you so much for joining us on an Informed Life Radio. Stay safe. Keep reading and writing. I'm looking forward to reading what you publish and having you again um, on the show. Well, thank you, Bernadette. I'm hoping that we will be able to do more on these frequencies to to reverse the cancers that, that we're working on right now. 
but I'm also looking into teleportation. So if I end up suddenly in your studio <laughs> from thousands of miles away, I know it worked. Oh my goodness. That's so exciting. Okay. Pop in anytime. All right. I shall. And thank you. And God bless you too. You're doing a wonderful, wonderful job. Oh, thank you. Nature. God bless you too. Until next time. Oh, I just loved hearing that again. She She's so in-depth. I, I love her. I got to have Dr. Flavin back on. She reminded me of a book, TNT, The Power Within You. My sisters, if you're listening to this, I was raised with the idea that you have the power within yourself to heal, to love, to laugh, to help the world be a better place. TNT, The Power Within You. It's still available somewhere out there. So look up the book. You've been listening to an informed life radio on 1150 AM KKNW and TV. Have a wonderful, thoughtful, connected weekend. We'll see you next time. If you're looking for a publication that delivers honest takes and critical insights into the issues of our day, then look no further than The Flame Paper. The Flame Paper is written for the people, by the people, who aren't afraid to challenge a mainstream narrative, be it health care, voter fraud, political correctness, or even the one world government. The Flame is full of timely articles, reports, and expert advice written by freedom-loving, truth-telling experts, journalists, and concerned citizens. To subscribe, go to theflameusa.com. Hi, I'm Lynn Redwood, president of the nonprofit Children's Health Defense. Our chairman, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., and our entire team are devoted to ending the epidemic of illnesses and disorders plaguing our children today. Through legal action, we're working to hold industries and government agencies accountable and to establish safeguards to prevent further harm. We're working overtime during this COVID-19 crisis to keep you informed about the politics and science of rush vaccine candidates. Freedom and our children's futures have never been more in jeopardy. But we can succeed. With your help, we can stop the devastation and give our children and grandchildren the healthy future they deserve. To learn more about what we're doing and how you can help, visit childrenshealthdefense.org and sign up for our free news. Please visit childrenshealthdefense.org today. Are you suffering from a sinking feeling that the COVID-19 pandemic is being blown out of proportion and that nothing in the news is making any sense? If so, then there is a fact-based, science-driven news show designed just for you. My name is Del Bigtree, and I am the host of The High Wire, the world's most trusted news source in digital media when it comes to accurate, science-based reporting on the COVID-19 pandemic. From COVID-19 vaccine development to mask mandates, school shutdowns to job layoffs, The High Wire goes beyond providing you with the most accurate, evidence-based investigations. We send you links to the sources for all of our reporting so that you can further your own investigation and come to your own informed conclusions. High above the agenda-driven circus of mainstream media, we do not run. We do not hide from the truth. Instead, we walk the high wire. If you care about truth, then join us on Instagram, Twitter, Roku, and our website, thehighwire.com.